Hello, sci-fi fans. This is Sarah, and you know me from Eureka, and you're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Anna. Your table is ready. Live long and prosper. This is the capital. We have a little problem with our entrance sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? It's a freak show. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 188. Miles, how in the heck are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. My name is Scott Herzog, and one of the hosts here tonight. Good evening. I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And M is not with us. She's wearing big girl pants tonight, doing our big girl job. So, uh, M, we miss you, but we will be minus M tonight. But you'll hear her voice through all the bumpers and everything else. So she'll, she'll be with us in she'll spirit. She'll be with us in spirit, definitely. Yeah. Before we go on, I just want to mention that we are a part of the Chronic Rift Network of Shows. And if you have not checked out their shows, they have a lot of awesome shows. And one especially as we're looking at the Halloween season, which we passed by the time you hear this. But you got to check out HG World, which is being re-released and remastered oh. on the Chronic Rift Network. So make sure you check that out. We also have and are supported by the Amazon Affiliate Store. You can go to our website, SciFiDinerPodcast.com. At any time you want to buy something through Amazon, you can do it through our Affiliate Store. And it's a little way that you can give back to the diner, not to mention get what you want for Christmas. Get some of your Christmas shopping done early. Perfect place for it. So get your shopping done at Amazon and you help us out a little bit. Yeah, it worked. So, but you got to do that through our webpage and I'll take you right there. Well, Miles, how in the heck are you? Doing pretty good. Um, enjoying a lot of the shows we're, we're all watching uh, Walking Dead, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., still watching Revolution. I know many people have written that show off, but I still want to see how it's going to end. Uh, on the way here, I was listening to a, a really good episode of um, We're Alive, the audio drama. So, if, nice. uh, folks, if you haven't checked out We're Alive, um, it's, a, it's a fantastic zombie audio drama. I am not watching any sci-fi. I've actually given up on sci-fi. I'm now going through – I've kind of entered sci-fi rehab. Dude. So I don't know what we're going to call the Sci-Fi Diner after this. Maybe just like the Diner podcast, but I'm, I'm not watching sci-fi anymore, man. Okay, the, the idea of a sci-fi rehab just um, disgusts me. There's nothing wrong with you, Scott. You should enjoy, you should watch and enjoy as much sci-fi as you do, want. Do you know what it reminds me of, Miles? It reminds me of, did you ever read 1984? No, but I'm sort of familiar with it. So in it, they take Winston, the main character, and they put him through some sort of rehab and convert him. Mm-hmm. Harlan Ellison dealt, dealt with in, in one of his short stories called Repent Harlequin said the TikTok man. And he gets this guy kind of bucks his system and doesn't listen to anyone. Um, it doesn't listen to the system and finally catch him and they put him through they put him through rehab and he changes and becomes, hey I'm now a member, a productive member of society and mm-hmm. so that's kind of what the sci-fi rehab is where he like takes it now you no longer are a sci-fi geek. <laughs> 
No, but, no, no. You, you need to stay a sci-fi geek. I'm just, I, I'm just kidding with that. I am not watching a lot of sci-fi recently. I just ran the Marine Corps Marathon, which, by the way, was awesome. Um, and uh, but I haven't done watched a lot of sci-fi mainly because of that. Mm-hmm. So I've been busy elsewhere. But despite that, we have a ton of sci-fi goodness to give our listeners tonight. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so let's jump into the menu. What are we serving up? What is Joe the Cook serving up for well, this? Well, we have our interview with Neil Grayston, uh, best known for playing uh, Douglas Fargo on Eureka. <laughs> That's something worth serving up. Absolutely. He, he, you he, and M had a chance to chat with him at Shorely, right? We did. He was absolutely fantastic. So if he is a guest at a con, um, make it a point to see him. He's just he's great. Very good. Uh, we'll have a new trivia question this week. And in TV news, Walking Dead... This is kind of a bit anticlimactic, but the, the season five renewal, what else did you expect? Uh, New Supernatural offers uh, witches and flying monkeys and Felicia Day. And um, CBS orders a pilot script for Charmed reboot. Ooh, well, let's see. And uh, Marvel is the uh, worst show this season? Yeah, uh, so... We'll be talking about that. Yeah. Uh, is there anything else we're talking about? Uh, no, uh... In movie news, um, we'll have some great trailers to play for you. We have uh, the first uh, X-Men Days of Future Past trailer. Uh, I saw that earlier today, and I'm I'm stoked for that. Uh, Also, the the Captain America The Winter Soldier trailer is out, too. Uh, In in this week's twist... Before we get to that, we also have Harrison Ford saying, you know, Orson Scott Card's view in gay marriage is not an issue in Ender's Game. Okay. So we're going to talk about that because Mm -hmm. that's been the subject that... uh, you know, M's kind of chatted about occasionally on the show. Mm-hmm. And and as far as? Uh, this week's in, in, in Star Trek, um, our friends uh, uh, Charity and Chris uh, have an interview with uh, Larry Nemechek on one of his new projects. And uh, there's a documentary. This is a, the separate news. A documentary about the Star Trek's original uh, Orion Slave Girl. Um, uh, there's a, a docu- documentary on uh, Susan Oliver. And in our Sci-Fi 5 and 5? And, well, we thought it would be appropriate with uh, this interview uh, – I found some great uh, uh, Douglas Fargo quotes from Eureka. It's appropriate. Definitely Mm -hmm. appropriate. So, you call yourself a geek and a nerd? Prove it. Prove your geek cred by answering challenging trivia and entering for a chance to win some awesome prizes. Well, Miles, trivia, right? We have a new trivia question Mm -hmm. to kind of dangle out there for everyone to answer. Before we get into it, what is this prize that we're giving out tonight? Well, um, uh, Neil Grayston was kind enough to give one of his uh, pictures and autograph it for us, and so if you answer this question correctly, you are entered to uh, possibly win this uh, autograph picture of Neil Grayston from Eureka. So a great kind of pre-Christmas gift, if you will, if you can answer it correctly, Mm -hmm. right? right? So uh, what do they have to answer? So this is this is uh, the question this week. It's, it's another quote. Um, so who said this quote and from what movie? Does thinking you're the last sane man on earth make you crazy? Because if it does, maybe I am. You know, unless this answer was staring me right in the face, which it is right now, I would not have known this. 
Right. So we're tr- we gave you, gave you listeners some softballs when it comes to the trivia, uh, but this time we're going to make you work a little harder for it. And a code word for it? Sonic screwdriver. Which has nothing to do with the quote, by the way. Sometimes they do, mm-hmm. but this one does not. If you want to own a little bit of Mr. Fargo, you can uh, call in at one 888 508 or email us at the and get your entries in, um, I guess, uh, right before Thanksgiving, they have mm-hmm. their entries in. And uh, we'll pull it out of a hat and give you an early Christmas present. So uh, who wouldn't want to own a little piece of uh, Absolutely, Fargo? absolutely. I mean, I do. So. <laughs> uh, very good, very good. Well, thank you, Miles, for sharing that. And uh, don't forget to include the code word. Some of you lost out because you didn't include the code word the last time. And Folks, we got to do that because there's spammers out there. There are spammers. There'll be spammers, matey. So uh, we, w- we want you to have a chance to, to, to uh, vie for this prize. Well, let's move into our first promo tonight. And this first promo is a new podcast that is being launched by yours truly and... Jim Arrowwood and David Moulton, David Moulton from the Landcast, and Jim from Jim's Sci-Fi blog, and of course me from the Sci-Fi Diner podcast, are launching a podcast called the Dune Saga Podcast, and we are about ready to embark on our journey through the entire saga of Dune, and we realize that there are some books that are still being written, but this has not been done before Miles. Right. It's yeah, very so, ambitious. So it's ambitious. We're starting with the Butlerian Jihad, and... By all means, we want to hear your thoughts. If you're interested in Dune and like Dune, or even if you're casually interested in Dune or just want to hear what the Jabber's all about, you can tune in to us. Uh, but check us out. Here's the promo for the show. I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I Experience Dune like never before. The Dune Saga Podcast with David, Scott, and Jim lead you chronologically through the novels of Frank Herbert, Brian Herbert, and Kevin J. Anderson. Relive your favorite moments, join in the conversations, and let the spice expand your universe. The Dune Saga Podcast. Ride the sandworm to dunesagapodcast.com or to iTunes for more information. For your first course, the latest in the universe of science fiction multimedia. All right, all right, we are back. Let's move into some TV news. And, Miles, why don't you go ahead and take this this piece of TV news here. So Walking Dead gets anticlimactic. They get a season five renewal. What do you expect? The cast of The Walking Dead will live to die another day, as AMC announced today that the series has been renewed for fifth season. Is anyone su- surprised by this? 
The Walking Dead is AMC's breadwinner with ratings that rival and sometimes beat broadcast networks. Um, we are very happy to make this to be one of the most anticlimactic renewal announcements ever. The Walking Dead is renewed for a fifth season, said Collier. This is a show that has uh, erased traditional distinctions between cable and broadcast. Its expanding base of passionate fan fans has grown every season, most recently, and most notably with the season four premiere earlier this month, which broke viewership records for the series and uh, became the biggest non-sports telecast in cable history. On behalf of the incredible team on both sides of the camera, thank you to the fans, and here's more to more dead. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's all you know, and and he's and he's right. This this show has kind of defied defied what traditionally has been you know cable network distinction. Right, and uh, I see on people on Facebook um, chatting, you know, you know, non sci fi fans chatting about. Yeah, this and these time. are people that you wouldn't expect. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this this goes even further because we got news that Walking Dead this past week beat the World Series. And Sunday Night Football in key demographics. Hmm. And that doesn't happen very often. Um, It racked up 12.9 million viewers Sunday despite of competition from the NFL and World Series. It beat both Sunday Night Football and the series in key demographic, uh, though both beat it in total viewers. So only in the key demographic, I guess, but not in total. The show earned 8.6 million in the key 18 to 49 for a 6.8 rating, better than the 5.6 for Sunday Night Football and baseball, which had 4.4. But NFL overran with a 7.8. Uh, still, that's pretty incredible. Oh, these are really good numbers. Yeah, good numbers for uh, – and so, again, they're saying this is not a big shocking reveal that we're going to get a season five. No one is shocked with yeah. numbers that has been pulling in. That they're not going to renew it again. This is money. This is a money bag for AMC. Well, as soon as I heard what premiered, you know, the first, you know, the, the first season four episode. It was bigger and better than ever. You know, it you was know? 16 million viewers. Yeah, I don't so. know. It was almost a shoe-in. Mm-hmm. shoe-in, you know. <sighs> so, so, so more Walking Dead. Yeah, Walking Dead. So if you like Walking Dead, it's great. I hear students, like I said, I said it in another episode, but students come in and are talking about having Walking Dead parties. I don't know when the last time I heard that. And that's like common. These people, are, I would not say, are sci-fi geeks. Mm-hmm. They're just, they just really enjoying a good drama, and it's a zombie drama that uh, resonates. I heard a report somewhere. This isn't in our show notes, but I heard a report that someone said, some doctor saying this zombie asphyxiation is hurting America. Oh, I'll think. I, I should look that up somewhere. We should chat about that on a future show. But I'd be curious to see what he thinks yeah. why it's hurting America. Well, I think that it's a metaphor for America because I feel like I'm killing zombies with all the emails I keep shooting down. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's move on to our next piece of news. This is why Shield is a season's biggest disappointment. Huh? Biggest disappointment. This is from TV Guide, and um, they're. They're still the, the person who wrote this is still watching it, but here is kind of what they have said the reasons. They feel like the episode that the characters are stock characters, recycled archetypes from past year. Um, you know, Joss Whedon has always made a name for himself in subverting cliches, but here he's actually playing with cliches. They're saying another reason they're saying it's the worst show this year or disappointing is a leader, a leader not so shrouded in mystery. There's no mystery to this leader, but there's kind of trying to make it seem like there is. Um, the Scooby-Hoo, 
There's a question of why these individuals, Mariah Hill, posed the same question to Coulson in the pilot, and much like her, we're still waiting for an answer. But maybe there isn't one. So five episodes in, not much of an answer. Um, the only semi, only semi super for a world filled with superheroes, Shield largely Shield is largely devoid of the larger than life Flash in front of Marvel Universe, which is kind of I think when we talked about Shield earlier, this is what we were hoping for in the show, and we aren't getting it. Yeah, I think people were, were wanting more of a superhero drama. I kind of want to say that Joss Whedon actually said that this is kind of what we were going to get, what we're getting now. Like he hinted at that earlier on that this is not going to be. Oh, yeah, he, he told us what we're getting. But uh, I think we still had expectations of something different. Mm-hmm. Um, not subversive or inventive enough. Uh, there's another comment, another one. Solutions are too easy. And then the, the last thing this article said, lacks real-world complexity and intrigue. No rift between the Coulson team and the larger operation of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yada, 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 yada. I mean, this thing, you know, when you think about it, like Iron Man, for example, mm-hmm. major character, he has no love for S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and so that makes that relationship interesting. He works for S.H.I.E.L.D. but doesn't really like S.H.I.E.L.D. Hawk, interesting because S.H.I.E.L.D. wants to use him, but they can't really contain him, right? Mm-hmm. Thor's a god. Again, someone that they really can't rely on, they can't own, but they need him, right? Mm-hmm. All these characters kind of play in. Um, we don't have any of that in agents. No, they're they're all, for the most part, team players. Yeah, which I guess doesn't create as much conflict as I guess viewers are hoping for. Anyways, the sliding ratings may inspire a serious reevaluation moving forward. Uh, but this, this, uh, this, I'm going to read one quote in this article and says this: "I can think of a million things I'd rather do on Tuesday nights than tune in for another parade of missed opportunities." Wow. So, really harsh, really harsh. What are you thinking of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Let us know, one 508 Did this past week's episode redeem itself? Are you on board for S.H.I.E.L.D. for the long haul? Or are you kind of losing hope? Let us know, please. Um, Miles, you kind of losing hope or what? Not yet. I'm, I mean, ABC did renew it for a second season, so, I, you know. In Whedon we trust? And, and we we still trust. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. CBS orders pilot script for Charmed reboot. Mm-hmm. Charmed reboot? Seriously, Miles? We have to talk about this. We have to talk about it. We don't have to enjoy talking about it. We but. know, and, and my understanding is that the original cast said, why? That's, that's yeah, exactly. They said, why do we mm-hmm. do a Charmed reboot? Um, so... If you aren't familiar with the show, which you probably are, Three Witch Sisters Who Use Their Powers for Good starred Alyssa Milano, Holly Marie Combs, and Shannon Doherty, the infamous Shannon Doherty, mm-hmm. replaced by Rose McGowan at the end of season three and ran eight seasons on the WB. Lack of original ideas comes to mind. You know, uh, it seems... It Maybe seems... they'll make them sparkly. Oh, sparkly witches. <laughs> sparkly witches, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, With lots of teen angst. Now, now they did say all, all, all CBS is they're requesting a pilot. It doesn't mean that CBS will will, will buy give it, it. will buy it and, and right. go with it. It's um, but I mean, it ha- the show has been off the air that long. I mean, maybe four or five years now. I guess it doesn't seem a long time to be delving out a reboot. No, it doesn't. I mean, yeah. but uh, w- w- I guess we'll see. I mean, I I, I have a feeling. 
it may go to, they'll get the pilot, but I, don't, I, I just don't think CBS will buy it. It's, I don't know. This next piece of news, I'm going to tell you, when I saw the headline, I had, I had a little bit of fear here. Almost Human premiere date got changed to November 17th, so push back. Whenever you hear of something getting pushed back, that's typically not a good sign. True. Like, they either have to reshoot something, lack of development in there. And I'm, like, saying, this is a show that, this is one of the new shows this season I was really looking forward to. I mean, oh. this is a show I'm going to buy on iTunes and watch the entire season if I have time. Oh, I, I want to see this show also. Yeah. So, but Fox, <clears throat> Fox changed the premiere date. <laughs> Jim Harrowood said <laughs> before we go on here, he goes, Jim Harrowood goes, well, the first series to get canceled before it even airs. No. <laughs> Fox would do that just yes, to spite yes, us. Yes, yes. Curse you, Jim Harrowin. <laughs> but he's like, um, Fox changed the date, and the rationale is actually kind of good in my opinion. So they're saying it's going to premiere November 17th at 8 p.m. following an NFL on Fox doubleheader with the second episode premiering Monday. So they're going to follow with Start Sunday, then during the next episode Monday, you know, doubleheader like right away of the show itself, and it's regular time slot at 8 p.m. They're doing it also before the episode is Sleepy Hollow, and that's kind of key because Sleepy Hollow's gotten a lot of rave review. So right. trying to pull in an audience from that. Hmm. Almost Human originally was supposed to be on November 4th, but Fox wants to capitalize on the football lead-in for the J.J. Abrams and J.H. Wyman-produced series. So they're saying us airing commercials for it right before is going to draw in viewers. It sounds to me like what Fox wants to do is make sure the show succeeds. And that's something Fox, maybe rightly or wrongly, has been blamed for not doing in the past. Right. And it seems here that what Fox is saying, look, there's, there's a lot riding in the show. We think the show has possibility. We want to give it the best chance. We want to hook viewers in. We want to get them on board. We're going to give them an episode Sunday night. We're going to give it to them Monday night. And by the second episode, they should be hooked. Let's see how much Carl Urban, how much mm-hmm. can you, you know, how much doc can you give us? Yeah. And so, so from that perspective, it seems like a smart, smart decision to just push it back, uh, you know, a couple weeks later. Yeah. So I'm actually liking this move. Initially concerned me, but again, this makes sense to me. I'm looking forward to just seeing the show, but for, from a marketing standpoint and trying to make sure they get the viewers, um, no, it seems to make it seems to be logical to do it. And you know what else they did today? Well, this isn't in our show notes, but they released today or yesterday the first eight minutes you could watch of the show. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it? I saw. I didn't I don't watch if, it, but it's, I don't know if it's the exact same thing. But they they, they did release an extended trailer for yeah, it. Yeah, and I heard that they, they released the first eight minutes of the show. You should be able to find that online. Let us know what you think. Are you going to be watching Almost Human? This show probably is the new show that I'm most excited about. I was going to say Marvel was, but Marvel's kind of been lackluster. Blacklist, I'm liking. I'm mm-hmm. excited about that show, but I'm also excited about Almost Human. As far as new shows go, I want to see this succeed. Oh, me too. Yeah. And I'm hoping that with JJ at the helm, that we have something that's going to work to our favor here. Um, hope so. Yeah. Miles, why don't you talk about some movie news here? Well, I, I saw this today. This, this, this is uh, very exciting. So Wolverine travels in time in the first X-Men Days of Future Past trailer. It's finally here. The first trailer for Brian Singer's X-Men Days of Future Past has arrived, and it finds everyone's favorite mutant heading back in time to save the world. 
the first thing that stands out is Singer's vision. And it's easy to see he's back in the director's chair. This footage and cut definitely showcase his trademark bombast. Even uh, without Professor X's uh, Patrick Stewart voiceover, you just feel the stakes are higher than they've ever been. All right, and are we going to play that trailer? Let's play the trailer. Let's play a trailer, and we'll talk about it afterwards. Can't wait to see this movie. <laughs> Dude, the the opening lines sound like sounds like Gandalf is reciting something. Doesn't mm-hmm. it sound like Lord of the Rings a little bit? The epicness of it, the music behind it. Oh, it's it's, it's very big. It's very grandiose, very epic, and time travel. Yeah, sending basically Wolverines. Consciousness or whatever to his, you know, younger self from. I guess this, now, is, this is probably the late sixties, early seventies. I'm not sure where, where where they're going. Now is this a? Um, they're bringing in the original cast in for this. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, we saw we saw um, Storm in there. We saw um, Iceman. We saw um, uh, obviously Patrick Stewart. Was she, there. Yeah, Patrick Stewart, uh, uh, Ian McKellen. Um, uh, I don't remember the actress's name, but she played uh, Shadow Cat. She's had a really good career since then. Um, also, um, uh, Rogue. So yeah, a lot, lot, lot of familiar faces from the uh, first three movies. But um, I think this movie's going to be obviously epic. Hugh Jackman in there. Yeah, but also the, the cast from you know the, from from X Men First Class is in there too. It's I mean, a combination of the both. So I think this this movie is going to be epic. And you know, X Men First Class was one of these movies we weren't sure about when it came out, and it just got rave reviews. It was really good. Oh, oh, oh I love I loved uh, X Men First Class. 
Yep. So um, I'm excited about seeing this. Excited about seeing this. This is going to be good. This mm-hmm. is going to be good. And uh, again, very epic. Uh, we'll we'll post a trailer in our show notes so you can watch it there as well. But very good. Mm-hmm. Well, we have another trailer here we need to talk about. This is one that I am excited about. We have a Captain America The Winter Soldier trailer, a new trailer. We had a trailer, but this is a new trailer or is this the first trailer? I think this is the first trailer. I put it on Facebook uh, when it first came out, but uh, now it this is the first time we've talked about it since. First time we talked about it. Mm-hmm. 17 million views, almost 18 million views since it's been uh, first aired. And it came out. When did it come out? Does it, do they should have the date. Um, October 24th. So only a few days it's been out. And mm-hmm. people are excited about this. Let's go ahead and watch the trailer and then talk about it on the flip side. You do anything fun Saturday night? Well, all the guys in my barbershop quartet are dead, so no, not really. You know, if you ask Kristen out from statistics, she'd probably say yes. That's why I don't ask. Too shy or too scared? Too busy. Was he wearing a parachute? No. No, he wasn't. Build a better world sometimes means turning the old one down. And that makes enemies. Are you ready for the world to see you as you really are? Look out the window. You know how the game works. Disorder, war. All it takes is one step. a lot of threat before they even happen. But the punishment usually came after the crime. Look at the world as it is, not as we'd like it to be. This isn't freedom. This is fear. You need to keep both eyes open. Before we get started, does anyone want to go? All right, who's the villain? I don't recognize the villain. Um, so listeners who've read the comics, maybe you, you could help us. Yeah, you can inform us a little bit. Now, now let, me, let me get it straight. Did we just see the helicarrier crashing into a city? We did. <laughs> in flames? Yes. In, in, in flames? It crash, yeah. Right, right. And, and Robert Redford? Robert Redford's in this, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we haven't seen him in a while. 
Well, and, and for him to do a superhero movie. Yeah, it's kind of uh, neat. Uh, cool, yeah. We see some of the cast. We see uh, what Black Widow. Black Widow, uh, Scarlett Johansson's is back. Nick back. Fury, of course, is back. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Captain America. Yeah, it looks like, looks like Captain America is still trying to find his way in this um, in the future, his future. And what does it mean to be someone who's modeling the ideals in a world that is less than ideal? Yeah, so it looks like we get, we, we're going to see him still struggle with uh, where he, he is and where he feels his place in the world is. Dude, when he throws the shield and that guy catches it, that's like the first time that's been done. Yeah. He can't, and but I also like the scene where he throws a shield and comes bounces up under the car. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And did we see Tony Stark in there? Is any dialoguing with Tony Stark at one point? I'll ha- I don't know. I'll have to watch a trailer again. I I don't know. If you We're going to pause the show. I'm just going to look at it real quick. It wasn't Tony Stark. It was uh, Robert Redford, who kind of looks like Tony Stark from the back. So <laughs> not as dark of hair and a little bit older. But um, I'm excited about this. When does this come out? March. We got to wait till March to see this. I know it's. Uh... That's but, okay. We have the Hobbit and other things coming on. Before. We have some. Co- we have some good stuff to come before that. But um, it's not. It's good to know that next year we'll, we will have some good movies to look forward to. Well, in regards to good movies, Ender's Game is one that I know Jim Arrowwood and a bunch of other people have been hot to trot on. Mm-hmm. I'm not so much. Harrison Ford, who's obviously paid to say this. Okay, maybe not. He's trying to get people's focus off Orson Scott Card, who has said some things that have gotten people's feathers ruffled, right? Right. Like, Obama's kind of like Hitler. I could see where that might ruffle some people's feathers. That might cause some issues with people that, I don't know, that like Obama. I don't know. And and that maybe uh, homosexuality should be criminalized. Well, he kind of backed away from that statement eventually, but he's obviously not for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Harrison Ford has kind of come to his defense, sort of. And this actually brings up a good question I want to talk about tonight, Miles. He said that the movie has nothing to do with his political agenda, mm-hmm. that it is separate. It is a separate entity, and the issues that are coming up now are not part of the book, which is 28 years old. So they don't really concern me, Harrison Ford said. Mm-hmm. So I'm think, I think about this when we talk about Orson Scott Card. I think about this when we talk about Mel Gibson and what Apocalypto and the the you know the the movies that he put out, and then the controversy with some of his comments, Tom Cruise and some of his idiot idiocracy. Can we separate the art from the person, or can we still? I mean, there's that. Can we enjoy the art? Even though we may not necessarily agree with all the writer's views. And, 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 and if by buying the art, are we inadvertently supporting the author's views? I think this is where M's coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to read the book. I'm not going to go and buy the book because that money goes somewhat into the pocket of Orson Scott Card unless I buy this used at a bookstore, and then maybe not so much. Yeah, that, that gets to the whole, um, whole thing of... Um, Oh, what, what, what's what's it called? Um, I, I don't know where, where you won't. It's a boycott. I mean, I mean the, the whole boycotting thing. Yeah, you won't you won't eat you won't eat at Chick Fil A or you won't buy something from Burger King because they support pornography in some way, right? Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, how far do you go? Yeah, that's a th- I mean, just about every. If, if you look at everything you you do, everything you, you buy, you could find something. They support something that you may not agree with. I, I'm not for boycotting. I I I. I, I I mean, for the most part. I mean, because you, 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 there's nothing. Just about everything you, you'll you'll find something you could disagree with when it comes to whatever. And if it's if we just talk about science fiction, um, you know, I, I respect Gene Roddenberry uh, for, for Star Trek for creating Star Trek, but I don't agree with everything that he espoused. He was a secular humanist. I'm a Christian. Does that mean I, I still can't enjoy Star Trek? No, I, 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 can, I can watch something that some ideas may conflict with my own or challenge them. I, I can still enjoy that and not feel threatened by that. Um, is he still telling a good story? I mean, so that, that's just kind of how I feel. Right, right. But, but you, you could argue that by buying or watching or supporting Gene Roddenberry's shows that you're inadvertently – Supporting his platform to speak about his beliefs, but you're going to do that with just about everything you do. I mean, um, every you know, whatever, just about every business, whatever, everything at the grocery store, um, you, you'll find something that they do or support that you might disagree with, and. I just don't think I have the luxury to boycott. I mean, with Gene Roddenberry with Star Trek, I want more Star Trek, and so I don't mind supporting that. Um, I'm secure my, myself as far as my own beliefs uh, go. That I, you know, if he puts out more material that challenges them, so what? I mean, um, it, 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 you know, it's it, it's no big deal. Um, I, I could see where for some people this could, you know. Um, you know, rub them the wrong way if 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 they they say something that they 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 might find that goes against their worldview. It's it's not an it's not an easy thing. But I, I just fall back to that. Um, just about everything you know, you, you can't escape it. Everything some somebody is going to do something or say something that goes against what you believe or maybe hold dear. Right. But you still need to go to the grocery store. You still need to you know eat out occasionally, um, you know, it's, what are you going to do? I mean, you can't, I mean, unless you're going to be, you know, a a Luddite and, you know, um, you know, live a survivalist and, you know, you know, live off the land. I mean, if you're living today's society, there's no, there's no getting, there's no getting away from it. You can't, I mean, so it's. You know, here's the beauty. The beauty of America is that we do have such a diversified country with diversified views. And the beauty is that Orson Scott Carr can believe what he wants, promote what he wants, and I don't have to agree with him. And I can advocate my own political agenda or whatever um, social agenda my own way and come out contrary to him, and that's okay. And if I feel personally that by not going to see an Orson Scott Card movie is somehow supporting it, then that's my freedom. But to me, I agree, like, this book was written 28 years ago, way before these views even became issues. Mm -hmm. They are not issues in the book. And quite frankly, um, I I like what Harrison Ford says. He says, concern me... um, 
Concern me is not really the right word. I think it's better to say they're simply not issues. His point of view on some of these issues are getting a lot of attention now, and that is, and it's not promoted or part of the story we're telling. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of separate things. So it's kind of this idea of separating the man from the art. Kurt Cobain, very messed up individual, changed the face of rock and roll. And I love you know Nirvana music to this day. Certainly don't advocate living like Kurt Cobain did. Mm-hmm. Um, but inadvertently, if I bought a Kurt Cobain album during the time it was being put out, I was supporting his drug habit. Right, but then, but Kurt Cobain has the choice to how how he how he how he spends that money for for absolutely for, for good or Abs- ill absolutely. Mm-hmm. So am I responsible for? Or Scott Carr's decision? I don't know. This is a big discussion. We can dialogue about this more. Listeners would love to have your feedback and thoughts on this issue about whether you support something or don't support something and this whole issue that's coming out here. You know, where do you guys fall on it? It's Mm -hmm. interesting because I think that I don't have a... I'm kind of in the opinion that if, if, if a piece is good and the artist is kind of messed up in their thinking, that doesn't necessarily keep me from seeing the art. Right, and, and you can you can choose whether to go see the movie, you know, spend the, spend the money to see the movie or not. I mean, that's the great part of living in America. I mean, yep. absolutely. Um, so, yeah, it's you know, it it, it it it's it, it's not an easy answer. I don't have an easy yes or no answer. It, you have to make up your own mind whether um, if if this you know if this offends you. If what this guy says or supports offends you, can you still enjoy his work or not? That's you know that everybody has to make. Does up their diminish mind. the story that is telling? Exactly. I mean, it still may be a fantastic story. I mean, it still yeah. may, be, may yeah. be good art. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, Miles, let's move on. And if you have any other thoughts you want to share in that, you can call the listener feedback line one eight 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 five zero eight four three four three or email us to sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com and we'll talk about it on the show. a tall glass of Romulan ale. Miles is serving up the latest in Trek news on This Week in Star Trek. Let's talk about the twist, Miles. My understanding is we got some news, news, news in the twist. So go ahead, and uh, this is news about a good friend of ours. Yes, uh, a couple good friends of ours. Uh, so our, our friends, uh, Chris and Charity, are on their latest uh, Life After Trek podcast. Have on uh, Larry Namachek, who uh, he's been a friend of the show. He's been on our podcast many times, also. So uh, they're 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 pleased to announce the 25th episode of Life After Trek podcast. In this episode, we're featuring an interview with uh, Star Trek. Stellar Cartography, the Starfleet Reference Library, author Larry Nemechek. Larry's new book is available for pre-order from Amazon, and it'll be available for sale December 3rd at bookstores everywhere. And you can probably buy that through our Amazon affiliate store. Please do. Please do. You Mm -hmm. can pre-order it through that. So please go there. If you want to buy this book, check it out through that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Larry Nemechek has not only been writing, but he's also got to play one of his uh, heroes, uh, Bones, um, Leonard McCoy in, in uh, the, the last uh, Star, Star Trek a Continues episode, uh, Pilgrim of Eternity. What's the, uh, what's the status of uh, the uh, Connor Wrath? Um, I have not. I need to 
check into that. I'm not we sure. We need to touch base. Mm-hmm. We should have Larry on again. We need. Really? He needs to update what's been going on with. Uh, we, we, we need him on. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to talk about a Christmas show eventually. Maybe we should get him on to a Christmas show. That would be great. So we need to talk about setting one after we're done with the show tonight. Remind us. We need a dialogue about who we want on that. Good idea. Good idea. It'll be, it'll be good. Mm-hmm. But right. I'd would, I would also just suggest listeners. Um, Christian Charity has some other great. Um, you know, pod, you know, on their podcast, they have some really great interviews with other people who worked in Trek, and so I encourage you to check them out too. Yep, and also Bye Bye Robot. Make sure you check out them; some great artwork from fine Star Trek art. Yes, um, yep. Please check that out. And uh, why don't you talk about this other uh, news story that is about one of my favorite topics in Star Trek? Orion Slave Girls. Orion Slave Girls. Come on. Of course. Who, who doesn't love Orion Slave Girls? The pin up behind you, Miles. <laughs> yeah. The pin up behind you. But <laughs> go ahead. So the documentary about Star Trek's original Orion Slave Girl, Susan Oliver, is being developed. So a new Star Trek-centric featurette-length documentary. You may not be aware of it currently in development. The focus of the film isn't in the phenomena of Star Trek franchise or its creator, Gene Roddenberry. The documentary, The Green Girl, looks at the career of actress of the original Orion Slave Girl from the uh, episode The Cage. Susan Oliver. Directed and produced by uh, George Pappy, the film has been in development for over two years and according to uh, Indiegogo group page includes more than 40 interviews with uh, Oliver's friends, family, and co-stars, including uh, Lee Merriweather, uh, David Hedison, Roy Thins, um, Kathleen Nolan, and uh, many others. In order to complete the film, Pappy is asking fans to contribute to the project's Indiegogo campaign, which runs until November 30th. Uh, according to the press release, the finished film is, at, is slated to release in February uh, 2014. So it sounds like it's almost done. Right. He just needs a little more uh, funds to uh, Man, there's it. a lot of Indiegogo and Kickstarter stuff. I mean, Mike Doc, uh, Doherty's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, work with uh, Zcon and um, my, Michael Jan Friedman's work he's doing on that. I don't know, some book that he's putting out. Mm-hmm. There's a lot. Of, Star Trek Continues has one. There's a lot of our friends that are doing Kickstarter campaigns. But if you can give to any of these... It's awesome work. Right. It's a way for you to get involved with uh, what they're doing. Yeah. Well, Miles, thank you so much for bringing us this week in Star Trek. My pleasure as always. As always, good news, good news. And remember, we got to talk about it after the show. Let's move into our last promo tonight. This is a promo from the podcast called the Quarter Bin Podcast. And uh, we're going to play the promo and uh, you can check out the show. You like cheap comic books, right? Well, I'm Professor Allen. And I talk about cheap comic books on the Quarterbin Podcast. In every episode, I'll dissect a single comic from my collection, as long as I paid no more than 25 cents for the issue. Forget about $4 new comics that you can read in four minutes, or crossover events that can cost 100 bucks to collect. Join me in the Quarterbin, where even bad comics are a bargain, and good ones are a steal. The Quarterbin Podcast is part of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network. Visit us at relativelygeekypodcast.blogspot.com or search Relatively Geeky or Quarterbin Podcast in iTunes. I guarantee it'll be worth every penny.
are back, Miles, and we are about ready to air our interview with Neil Grayson. I was not at shore leave. Tell me how you landed this interview. Um, I just went up to him and... Was it just you or was, was M with you at the time? Uh, I was very fortunate to have M with me because she, she got to ask a question that, of him that uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, she did. And um, uh, he, he recorded a couple good cool bumpers for us. But uh, he... Um, he was he was a last minute guest at the con, uh, but very very fan friendly. Um, I, I stayed there late. I didn't actually leave the con till almost seven o'clock in the evening, and he was still there signing autographs, getting pictures. I guess he was either staying for another day or something. But I still thought that was pretty cool of him to do. Uh, very approachable, um, and I was not, I didn't watch Eureka at the time. I, I wish I did because it's a fantastic show. But in probably about maybe three months, I got through all five seasons of it. So since then, you've gotten through the episodes of it. And, and, and enjoyed, you know, he, he, his, his Douglas Fargo character is brilliant. You know, and a guest that stays till 7 o'clock, that's going above and beyond, I think, what the con typically asks. I, I, think, I, I think that's a, yeah, he, he definitely went above and beyond, I thought, as, as a guest at this con. So hopefully you see him again sometime. He, he, was, he, was, he was great. Well, enjoy the interview that we're going to bring you with Shore Leave. And from Shore Leave, was it 35 this year? Yes. And uh, enjoy, and uh, we look forward to seeing you on the flip side of this on the Sci-Fi 5 and 5. Where are you going? Nowhere. This is an outrage. Somebody needs to take a stand. Fargo, that's kind of the opposite of taking a stand. Until the DOD reverses their decision, I shall not be moved. You can't be serious. Try me. What the hell is that? Strong force amplifier. I shall not be moved! Larry, get me the Secretary of Defense. Spencer! Really? I can't believe you're really okay with this. I'm fine. I don't know. It'll be nice to be free of all the craziness. and we're hanging out with Mr. Neil Grayston, probably best known for his work on the popular show Eureka, playing Douglas Fargo. However, he's also made his mark on the sci-fi world, guest starring in such shows as Jeremiah, Smallville, Dead Zone, and Supernatural. Mr. Grayston, welcome and thank you for taking the time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. So, let's, let's go back to the beginning. What inspired you to become an actor? Um, I guess I just kind of always knew I wanted to be one. Strangely enough, it was stuff like uh, In Living Color. Yeah. Which was weird. Uh, I really liked Jim Carrey. Um, and then I just started in elementary school and high school doing uh, drama in class. And when it came, and when I was in ninth grade, I had my first sort of audition for, for the like drama show, which was Hamlet. And I figured I'd be one of the chorus members or something. And I ended up getting the role of Hamlet. So I thought, oh, maybe there's something to this. I don't know. I just kind of kept on going from there. So, 
Um, a lot of your resume has been the sci-fi fantasy genre. Do you, do you like working in that genre? Uh, what else would you like to do that you haven't done yet? Um, yeah, I love working in sci-fi. I mean, a lot of the reason I was mostly in that was just a geographic reason. It's filmed in Vancouver. I'm from Vancouver. Makes sense. That's where I was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I love doing it. I'd love doing it to do more of it, but I also like to basically do everything. I'd like to do some proper drama. I'd like to do like straight up comedy. Um, I'd like to, yeah, basically do it all, except pornography probably. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I understand that. You know? I understand that, yeah. <laughs> we know you from your work on Eureka, a very successful show lasting five seasons. Um, what did you like about playing Dr. Douglas Farm? Um, well, I liked the, the fact that I really got to grow as a character. And I got to actually, you know, not just just be sort of in the background and be a plot device. I eventually got to become actually like a full, rounded out human being with, you know, emotions, with true loss, with true happiness. It was, yeah, it was, uh, I, that's what I love about TV in general is you get the chance to tell a story hopefully and as we luckily did in Eureka over multiple seasons and you get to grow as you grow as a human being and the audience gets to see that too. I get to ask some too. Absolutely. Jeepers. Um, So given that we're all missing Eureka so much any chance of like a super double secret Christmas episode that seems up or the Warehouse 13 crossover as they're finishing up well uh, with the Warehouse one I can tell you although maybe I'm not supposed to tell you we won't tell anyone yeah, yeah. No, one, no one more here yeah okay um, if they had a full season most likely I would have been back as Douglas Fargo but because they only had six episodes they have a limited amount of time to wrap up their whole story, so there won't be any more Fargo on Warehouse, unfortunately. But as for like a super secret double Christmas episode or any of those things, it is sci-fi, so never say never. I don't run it, but you know, you never know what could happen in the future. Sharknado, Eureka, maybe. <laughs> I would be down for that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Would you want to be in like Sharknado Two, Electric Boogaloo? I would. Why not? Those things are like. I, I actually am a big fan of those strange enough like a lot of people sort of hate them but I'm like no they know what they're doing those things are fun I mean come on someone's like punching a shark and then getting out of it getting eaten by a shark but like cutting through chainsawing through it that's like some straight up like yes I like this people dig that right now yeah <laughs> well and like all that with Warehouse 13 and Eureka I noticed that like because I follow you, follow you on Twitter um and the pictures that I see, you guys all see, it's more than just a cast. You guys, you're a family, you're still together, you hang out. Oh, yeah, all the time. Stuff at the cons, and um, when you were with Will Wheaton on um, Tabletop. Yes. So, how did that happen? That one was just a simple, I happened to be in Los Angeles, and Felicia had called me up, because she produces that, obviously, and she was like, hey, Neil, do you want to, doing this thing where we, Will's hosting a show, we play board games and want to do it. I was like, yeah, of course I do. And it just so happened the timing worked out. I was in town at the same time and I drove out to this weird kind of sketchy, but might have at one point been a drug lab, I don't know, <laughs> on the outskirts of downtown LA and we did this uh, awesome little show and I got to play Catan again which reignited my love for that game. So now, you know, yeah, it was really fun. I gotta ask one thing, because you tweeted something that I thought, alright, I'm gonna have the opportunity to ask him. Uh, 
Should it be this hard to find a picture of a beer stein made of human teeth? Methinks no, but alas, it is. Ah. I gotta know. So, uh, I was at um, a local bar near my place, or a gastropub is probably the better idea, and they have this thing called a mug club, where you can have your own mug, and it is on the wall, and whenever you go in, you get, like, discounted beer or something like that. So I was with, uh, actually, Jordan Hinson at the time, and she was looking for a skull mug, and she was going on eBay and just online and searching up different ones, and it got me to thinking, you know... What if someone was weird and someone was collecting teeth and they just made a mug and put human teeth all around it or someone made something that was made out of human teeth? What would that look like? Surely the internet will have a picture. Surely they did not. You know? Like, that's why I was like, why must it be so hard? I should literally have to maybe go through five Google image pages to find, yeah, and to find at least a drawing of it. But no. So I was like, you've let me down, internet. I can find the weirdest stuff that I can find uh, planes that are slightly humanistic engaging in sexual acts. Yes. And I like, that's sort of one of those like, okay, what's a random thing that you never expect to see? That's there, but I can't find a, a, a beer stein made out of human teeth. Uh, you know, come on. Internet failed. Yes. Yeah. There we go. One of our listeners wanted to ask you this. Uh, this one of our listeners, uh, Neil, who shares your same first name. Uh-huh. What were the challenges of, of Fargo having to act in the new timeline? Um, that was actually really fun for me because it was, uh, yeah, I mean, it it got, going for the specific question, the challenges, it was a little bit confusing because whenever you add alternate timelines, you have to think, wait, eh, who am I with? Right. Am I with the people who know that I've traveled through time? And can I just be the same character with them that I was before? Or am I around characters who do not know about the timeline and if they found out would imprison me or kill me? So it was always sort of making sure I knew who was surrounding the character at that specific time. Other than that, it was just more fun to be able to to do all that. As a nerd geek guy myself, I got a salute you. Your character had a little flirt with uh, Alison Scaglioli's character, Claudia, on Warehouse 13, and then the Geek Texas, geek Texas relationship with the Felicia State character. Dude, how cool is that? It's pretty rad. I mean, there are definitely perks to the job. Uh, I don't want to go too into it because I'm married, and, right. <laughs> and my wife listens to these, and I don't want to get in trouble. We don't right. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I really would, but no, it was just great. Um, both Allison and Felicia are consummate professionals. Sure. They're great to work with. We get along really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the better thing with that is rather than having you know the entire geek universe be jealous of me, I'm just more excited that I got to meet two great people that sure. you know are still my friends to this day. Excellent. Um, what future projects can we look forward to uh, seeing you in? Um, well, the, uh, and I can't speak about some, but one of them, the sort of biggest one, is uh, it's still in the early stages of development, but it's uh, going to be called Redshift. Title pending, because I noticed there's another thing called that as well. Um, but it involves space travel, time travel, 
um, and a whole smack other stuff that kind of sets both of those things on a different edge. Okay. Um, yeah, but it's sort of, uh, there's a lot of people that you've seen before mm-hmm. or seen what they've done before are involved in it as well. But other than that, I kind of have to. Is this be on the Sci-Fi Channel web series? Or are you, are you um, well, that's the thing. It could, it depends on which way we go. It could be sort of a Netflix type idea oh, okay, where you yeah. get the whole thing or like an Amazon Prime type thing or a sci-fi thing. <laughs> Welcome. Just getting picture taken. That's cool. Tell me about True Heroines. True Heroines. That is a fun little web series made by some friends of mine about a bunch of housewives in the 50s or I think we maybe turned it to early 60s who have superpowers and have to keep it secret from uh, pretty much everybody. And I play sort of the, the, the aw shucks husband to one of them. I guess that's the best thing that can really describe him. I just heard about that. I'm going to check that out. Okay. Yeah, I think all the episodes are online now. Okay. Actually, yeah. Yeah, so it's a lot of fun to do. It was super cute. It was beyond cute. Yeah, and it, it all kind of started out of um, a, uh, a semi-burlesque show that the girls were doing up in Vancouver, and then they sort of were like, oh, maybe there's something more we can do with this, and then they added in the little sci-fi element and, and everything, and got some fun people to, to act in it, and it's, uh, yeah, it's really fun to do. Neil, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so right, much. Ready for dessert. Sci-Fi 5 and 5, where we bring you the top five, the worst five, of anything in science fiction or fantasy, in five minutes or less. The Sci-Fi 5 and 5, Miles, tell me what do we have on tap for tonight? Well, a lot of this this show has been sort of a uh, Neil Grayson, uh, Douglas Fargo uh, Centric one, and I don't apologize with the interview, and I don't apologize for that. And we're giving away a picture of him if you win the trivia, if if you win this this uh, next trivia contest. But I found five great quotes of uh, Fargo. There's there's one where he's talking with somebody else, either before or after. But uh, so I found five great Fargo quotes. Very good, very good. Well, uh, why don't you do the Fargo character, and I'll read the other characters as we go down through these. Sounds good. Okay, so number five starts off with Sheriff Jack Carter. What button do you push this time? Can you not recognize a victim when you see one? That was Douglas Fargo. <laughs> Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four. Why are you trying to access my file? Uh, this is from Nathan Stark. To see if you're remotely qualified to be tapping into my cerebral cortex. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three. Duncan says, nudity is perfectly natural. All right. I lived in places in Africa where it's a custom to go al natural. Well, Douglas Fargo says, bully for you. I prefer privacy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Number two? Douglas Fargo says, um, sanctioned like dead? Joe Lupo? Nope. Sanctioned like we each get a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And number one? Nate, Dr. Nathan Stark says, competition breeds excellent. Brings out the best in us. And Fargo says, yeah, tell it's Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> <laughs> great quotes. Great quotes by Fargo. 
so if you haven't seen Eureka yet, uh, it's available uh, on streaming on, on Netflix and Amazon. Um, great show. They got five seasons. I guess five seasons is, is, is probably pretty good. I would or, say it's pretty good for a show. For a show. The, yeah. the, the, these days, it gets more yeah. expensive to produce them. Yeah. You know, I, I looked at that, and the only episode I've seen him on is the warehouse episodes. Which yeah. we have some warehouse left, don't we? We have a few episodes coming up this season. It's a shortened season it's a, five. It's a it's, it's shortened season, but we'll, but we're getting you know at least there, at least we'll get a little more warehouse thirteen. And next we'll year. get it. We'll get it wrapped up. Maybe we'll see him on that. I don't know if we're going to see any. Yeah, I don't know. I, I hopefully are they doing the Christmas episodes this year? I haven't heard anything, but they might. Be. They're not doing a Christmas episode for um, Eureka. I don't know about. Uh, Warehouse 13, that's, that's something we should look into. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to check it out. Mm-hmm. Anyways, if you have your own Sci-Fi 5 and 5 about anything, it could be quotes, favorite characters, best male characters, and shiny sparkly clothing. I mean, what, I don't know what my fetish is with that tonight, but anything that you want to uh, talk about, top five, worst five, best five, least five, you name it. Email us at the sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com. Send us an audio file. Call in at 188-508-4343 and let us know your comments and we will air them on the show. We would love to hear your voice. Absolutely. As always, you can support us by coming to the sci-fi diner podcast.com page and going through our Amazon affiliate store. I believe that is about it. We are missing M tonight. We miss you, M. M, we love you and we miss you and uh, we hope your big girl job doesn't take you away from us. Hopefully we'll see you next time. Yeah, next time, next time. All right, I believe that's it, Miles. All right, till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Everybody do your dailies. Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food and the service and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about or tell us what you're watching or reading, Flip open your communicators and contact us at 1-888-508-4343 or click the SpeakPipe link at scifidinerpodcast.com or send an MP3 or typed email to scifidinerpodcast at gmail.com. You can also join the conversation on our Facebook fan page at facebook.com slash diner. We'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show. If you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation, you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at scifidinerpodcast.com.